pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Folks, welcome to Dungeons & Randomness. Since 2012, myself and an amazing cast of 18 have been telling stories in our homebrew world of Theria. Four different groups explore lost ruins, run for political office, rage against a mad king, set sail to long-forgotten islands, and so much more. Every group has a different story and flavor, and every season, or arc, has a new set of groups and stories, all building the history of our world with every single session. Literally hundreds of hours of stories are waiting for you as part of the Pickaxe Network. Check out Dungeons and Randomness wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you around the table. Hello, and welcome to this week's podcast of this week's One Life Left Radio Show. I'm Simon Byron. I am Steve Curran. It's a dark and very, very windy Sunday night when, as we record, mm. um, I'm surprised actually that we have got through it without the shed blowing away. It's pretty blustery out there at the moment, uh, but we did get through it, Steve. It was good. I really enjoyed it. It was super fun. Thank you for that, Simon. Thank you. I'm sort of kicking myself a little bit because uh, I do call it Paul World. You're right. And, and do you know, it's because I'd never said it out loud. Yeah. I work on my own, Steve. I work from the shed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have conference call, but I don't chat to people. And I, and I, I've never said it. Of course it's Pal World. Of course it is. Sure. Because if you had kept up with the Pole World thing confidently, I'd be like, well, he knows... Yeah. Knows more than me. I must come across as a right idiot. Like in some uh, ways, I wish you'd not referenced it because I would have blissfully sailed through without you know realizing how ridiculous I am. Why haven't I just seen that it's called Power World? So I'm going to say every every word I read. I'm going to say that out loud <laughs> at least once. You know what I remembered today. Go on. So we're doing a gig tomorrow, a mariachi gig, and because of that, we've had to order some. Uh, Equipment, some mic stands, because the venue doesn't have any, have any. I bought a monitor, Simon. Oh, cool! Uh, it's like a laptop, but without any, you know, keyboard or anything. I mean, I'm not explaining what a monitor is. I know you know what a monitor is, but you, imagine a Microsoft Surface without a brain. Right. Like, that's going to be our portable monitor. I had to order some uh, microphones as well, and, and and that kind of thing. And then I realised, I remembered what happened to our sponsorship opportunity. We were going to get sent. We were going to sell out last year. Well, yeah, to Shaw Microphones, weren't we? Well, we were also going to sell out to someone who was going to give us an energy drink or some energy something. I mean, we will sell out to anybody. Uh, absolutely. But we're just waiting for an opportunity. Yeah. And I thought we had that with the microphones. I thought we had that with the, with the, with the guy. No, well, you know, it's the it's the bigger pickaxe podcast that get that sort of opportunity. Is it? Yeah, they get bespoke adverts. Steve. they have do to they? read the, they have to read their own adverts out. They have to. We'll do that. Into, I know we will do we that. We can Absolutely. read. Yep. Well, I can't speak though, can I? As long as you You're... don't want an advert for Paul World, 
You were reading the back of a box earlier, or later, because mm. this is coming before the podcast. Later in the show, you'll read the back of the box. Back of the box. Um, yeah, well, there's an advert for that coming up. Um, yeah. You know, and actually, you know, shows have got an open mind because the product I diss actually is quite good, although I, won't, I don't know if the socks will be. But still, um, yeah, I don't know what I don't. I think what happens is that they get a lot of inquiries and then mm. and then they say to us, would you do this? for i don't know for for something of value and i'll I'll go yes we will absolutely anything um yeah we'll do so uh yes listeners if you want us to do anything Mm. um we will do it uh good yes but uh an okay show i think Steve. um you know it'd be odd not not speaking to you tomorrow lunchtime but maybe i'll see you in person i hope so simon i hope so good uh nothing else to add don't think so Okay, thanks for listening. Here's the show. On Resonance 104.4 FM, we're a video game radio show. That's what we are. That's what we do. And I am Steve Curran. That's why we are. I'm Simon Byron. Hello, Steve. How are you? I'm all right. I've had a challenging uh, weekend with a four-year-old who's nearly five. Okay, that's what that's been the challenge, has it? Keeping her four? That's the only explanation I can think of for her behaviour. She, she feels the... Um, the passing of time, <laughs> you know, it gets to us all, Simon. Gets to us all. Um, yeah, I've been dealing with that. Otherwise, my weekends been okay. How's been you? How has yours been? Not too bad, thank you. I've I had my own challenges. Uh, literally, mm-hmm. um, I'm playing Prince of Persia, which we'll talk about later. Of course, um, it's been a long time since I've played a Metroidvania. Uh, for this uh, this amount of time, or got so far into a Metroidvania, and I, you know, I was really, I was really enjoying it, really, really enjoying it. But for the last day, I've made literally no progress. Are you um, doing that Metroidvania thing where you run back and forth, and you, you're in this area, and you're like, oh no, I think it must be at the other end of the level, and you run there, and then because that's what made me quit Hollow Knight, which I was mm. really enjoying, and then. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, up until yesterday, I was like, "Oh, actually, this is this is a really good one of these," mm-hmm. um, because I hadn't needed to look online for sort of what to do next, where to go next. And I was, yeah, I was really enjoying it. It was it was difficult in in uh, in places, um, but uh, I've got sort of quite far into it. And uh, yeah, since since yesterday, I defeated a key character and then I, I need to do one other thing i just can't work out whether this have you tried reading anything on the internet recently steve uh <laughs> i mean i've tried reading I've, I've tried reading men uh get angry about video games on reddit and it's very wearing okay a business uh wh- where do you mean specifically i have been trying to find and follow a guide to prince of persia the lost mm. crown Mm-hmm. by navigating to various video game sites mm-hmm. and trying to understand where they're telling me to go, what they're telling me to do. 
Um, I, I cannot. So it's, I, I'm not sure if you noticed I was distracted when you were logging on. You're like, how are you doing? It's, mm. so this is the first time I've been on a, on a big screen this weekend. I've been mainly doing it on my phone or on my small laptop. And um, honestly, <laughs> trying to read a guide uh, on the internet at the moment is like somebody holding up uh, a tips page in a, in a games magazine that you have to peer through the letterbox at. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just impossible. Uh, right. it's, it's just surrounded by stuff mm-hmm. uh, and, um, you know, adverts and videos and pop-ups. And you get such a small space to try and see where you're, but I found it, I found it as difficult as the game itself. Maybe that's, that's... maybe it's an ARG, Steve. Well, that's if you manage to find one that hasn't been written by AI and doesn't have the answer to the thing that you're searching, or isn't just written for uh, idiots. I found a article over Christmas. I was I was searching for the Bluey Christmas episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and rather than scroll through using Disney Plus's terrible interface, uh, I thought I'll just Google it. I'll just search for Bluey Christmas episodes, and then I'll know where to go to directly. And um, the first hit I got was from a site called Fatherly. Okay. You can find find it at fatherly.com. And the title is, All the Bluey Christmas Episodes Are Confusing AF. Ooh. But we have answers. Great. Um, And obviously I clicked through because I'm easily baited by clicks. Uh, And... um, and the very lengthy, as we, you know, discussed on uh, what was the name of our feature? Did we? What did we come up with for the clickbait? Feature? Oh, yeah, um, well, whatever it's yeah. called. Uh, the, it always takes a few paragraphs to get into. Well, do you know what is confusing AF about the Christmas episodes <laughs> of Bluey, Simon? Go on. Point one: Why is everyone swimming outdoors? Excellent on Christmas <laughs> in Bluey. Yeah, who'd have thought? Now, can you answer that for us? Can you answer that for our listeners? Me? Yes, because it's set in Australia. Well, I'd, I'd like a little more detail. Depending on what part of the globe you live in, the seasons are different. What? From how they're set up in North America. They are set up quite conventionally in North America, aren't they? All right. Question two mm. on <laughs> in this Why Bluey Christmas episodes are confusing AF. Why is there no snow in Bluey's Christmas episode? <laughs> really? So, it, so, so having having gone over the surprise of swimming uh, uh, on Christmas Day, mm-hmm. they're still baffled. <laughs> still ba- absolutely. But don't worry, fatherly.com has got you. <laughs> um, it does go on a bit. I, there is another one that I... There was one that was not uh, snow-related, which I, I liked, which was... What's the deal with the paper crowns and gift-wrapped tubes? What? <laughs> is it, how old's the person that's that's, uh, that's written this? Have they have they never have they never had a Christmas before? In Christmas Swim, the family gathers around the table for their festive holiday meal while wearing paper crowns and playing with some sort of colourful tube. What? <laughs> <laughs> These items are part of a traditional British Christmas and an experience most Americans don't partake in. Enjoyed across across the UK and in Canada, Christmas crackers are one part decoration and one part, Simon, 
interactive experience. Blimey. <laughs> yeah. A, the, a cardboard tube is wrapped in bright holiday-themed paper to resemble a piece of candy, with the goal for two people to pull on the ends and bust the cracker open to reveal what's inside. This opening is typically accompanied by a loud popping noise! Exclamation mark to indicate incredulity. It goes on. What a valuable anyway, use of someone's time. That's the internet these days. Can we um, ask them, you know, what confuses us about America? Why are you allowed guns in schools? <laughs> American school cr- traditions are confusing exactly, AF, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, we are a video game radio show. We're going to talk about video games. I've got a couple of small games to talk about. Sounds like Simon's got one big game. Big old game. I've got some Uh, merch to talk about later, actually, as well, Steve. Excellent. Uh, We also have a letter section. We've definitely got one letter. Still have time for more if you're listening live. Although I don't think we've notified the listeners, because we are recording at a strange time, aren't we, this week? We are. It's confusing AF. Um, (laughs) What? Why is it dark outside now, Steve? (laughs) Normally, where's the sun gone? Don't worry, Simon. I've got the answers. Okay, it's night, in it. Uh, we're recording. We're recording on Sunday night. We usually typically uh, record Monday lunchtime. Some people who are in our Discord join us to listen live. You'll get a not- notification if you're on the Discord. You can find the Discord at hello dot dot com. Um, and typically, we record Monday lunchtime. Tomorrow, we're both going to be busy, aren't we? Very busy indeed, Steve. Very busy. So we can't do it then. We're recording it at night. Uh, with the sun turned off. Uh, so uh, everything feels a little bit different today. A little bit spooky. Um, uh, I was, I was we... after a live listener to do um, a quiz later, but... Um, well, I was going to say, you I'm did an appeal, didn't you? I'm going to have to do it on you. Okay, fine. Uh, I'll, I'll demo it. But maybe we'll do it with live listeners or even guests uh, next week. So, yeah, we have a feature as well. We occasionally drop those in. Um, we also have the reviews. Oh, I said the reviews, didn't I? We have the news coming up shortly and, uh, maybe some, any other business, maybe a fast five as well later. Uh, we have, after our technical problems, been promised by Riverside FM, our middleware provider, that they have employed a fix, um, deployed a fix to our account. So hopefully the news will work this week, but let's find out. Here's Charles Bott. Me, Charles Bott 1.1. PocketPair's latest survival game, Palworld, has been caught in the crossfire for purportedly copying designs from Pokemon. The game, despite its success of 2 million sales within the first 24 hours, has been scrutinised by social media users for its character designs that bear a striking resemblance to those in the Nintendo series. The controversy is further stoked by PocketPair's past involvement with generative AI tools, which some argue could account for the similarities. However, Takuro Mizobe, the CEO of the game, maintains that most of the game's characters were primarily designed by a single graduate student. Despite the allegations, 
Whole World continues to garner positive reviews on Steam. And speaking of Nintendo, I wonder what game Pocket Pair will draw inspiration from next. Maybe they'll launch a game about a plumber who battles evil turtles and rescues princesses, or perhaps a game where you catch and train creatures in spherical devices. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Thanks, Charles Bot. Simon, have you played this game? Because everyone else is. I have not. No, you are right, though. Everyone else is. It's, mm-hmm. the, um, it's the most popular paid game on Steam ever, I think. Wow. Okay. Um, it's a, in, in terms of uh, peak concurrent users, mm-hmm. um, fourth biggest game of all time uh, well, behind um, PUBG, Counter-Strike 2, Lost Ark, Dota 2, sorry, Pal World. Wow. Uh, a huge success, uh, but not without the controversy that you've uh, outlined. When I watched the trailer for it, uh, having heard about heard about it because you can't not hear about it because millions are playing for playing it i did immediately think well those are pokemon except for with guns and something about the whole enterprise just felt a little bit grimy to me something about this this game and that that put me off enough to yeah not partake what about you simon no i mean i've been you know too busy getting lost in uh, prince persia Mm -hmm. to uh have time with Power World, it's not it's not really my type of thing, but um, yeah, l- lots of people. I mean, you know, it's c- congratulations. It's uh, it's a huge success. Um, lots of people sort of picking through it. Um, the CEO's tweets from twenty twenty two was where <laughs> uh, he mentioned he believed that generative AI tools could one day be sophisticated enough to avoid copyright issues. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a smoking gun there, isn't it? <laughs> when uh, Pikachu's not holding it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it says uh, he enters into chat GPT. Do as a, a monster a bit like Jigglypuff, but not. Um, yeah, I, it, it all, I don't know. I think it's partly the pitch as well, right? Which is is really strong in a way that you can understand why everyone's in, right? Pokemon with guns. But also, why do we have to add guns to everything? Why? Yes. Um, it's, it's, it's thrown up, I, oh, sorry, it's, it's highlighted some um, interesting circumstances. Um, you know, they, they, they were caught, by surprise with its success so, the, so they've mm-hmm. obviously had server issues they had to have a 1am conference call with epic um, and ask them to turn off their uh their account limits um the game pass version is a couple of ver- is a couple of um builds behind this main one again sort of managing those they are a small team um super super difficult something you presumably can't get ai to do uh, the other thing is the is the media scramble for it, um, where you know back when you and I were journalists, um, you know part of your role there was to was to talk about what was exciting, what was coming up, and you know and, and in some some sense you were uh, gatekeepers probably the wrong word, but you know you were you you were you were able to say hey I think this is going to be big and you know. Mm-hmm. Or not, um, you know what you what happens when a game like Pole World launches is that everybody scrambles to cover it because they go, okay, well everybody's playing it, so they're obviously going to want to be reading about it too. Um, mm-hmm. I did a quick uh, search just before the show. Eurogamer had um, something like uh, 
eight or nine pieces on Pole World. Um, only two of them were before it launched. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, since it launched last week on Thursday, mm. it's I mean, almost hourly um, new stories going up, guides being written, all of that sort of stuff, just mm. in this, this uh, you know, journalism is measured by clicks these days. Um, and so, yeah, just trying to, trying to feed the machine. So, um yeah, good luck anybody launching any games, I think, uh, in the next week or two, given that everybody seems to be playing this one. In a recent industry survey, 8% of developers confirmed they're working on games for Nintendo's yet-to-be-announced successor to the Switch. The survey, which polled over 3,000 developers, found 32% were most interested in Nintendo's next console, trailing behind the PS5, 41%, and PC, 62%. The Switch 2, shrouded in secrecy, is expected to launch this year with development kits already in the hands of key studios. Dr. Serkan Toto, a gaming industry consultant, predicts it could retail at $400, with games potentially priced at $70, and maintain the Switch's portable functionality. To end on a lighter note, here's a knock-knock joke about the upcoming console. Knock-knock, who's there? Switch. Switch who? Switch the channel. The Switch 2 is about to be announced. <laughs> It's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. It's better than his first effort. <laughs> um, so, yes, Steve, 8% of developers are working on it. So we're going to get 8% of the games, <laughs> aren't we? We're, I'm a developer and I'm not working on it. I'm not a developer and I'm also not working on it. I did think, though, mm-hmm. that if we... Um, we should gather a lot of people around the call. That's then, what I was thinking. Yeah, so One of us. Yep. It's like the traitors. I don't watch are that. You, are you watching? Do you no. not watch it? No. It's no. good, Simon. Yeah, I understand it's good, but it's um, – it, just in the first series – yeah, I think we've talked about this, haven't we? The, 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 uh, the games that they play have no um, yeah, value. Yeah, they're ter- really boring, so just don't watch during them. Play okay. Prince of Persia. <sighs> it's good. It's good. Anyway mm. – but yeah, it would be interesting if we had if we had ten people around us. We knew one of them. Yeah, it'd be Terry Kavanagh, wouldn't it? <laughs> do, do, yeah, do, do you think Do you think Nintendo have told Terry about the Switch too? That's a good question. Out, so let's run through the people we know, and then let's mm-hmm. um, speculate on whether they they're working on. The, on so Terry, uh, probably. All right. Not. To be clear, as well, yeah. I don't know of anybody. Who is working on it? So if I say yes, then I don't actually know. Mind you, I would say that it's the traitor's side. It's the traitor. I think you're the traitor. Are you working on a Switch too? <laughs> I'm not, Simon. Right, Terry Kavanagh, yes, yes or no? Uh, no, no, no. Okay. James Parker. Mm. I reckon he's he's definitely. He's got some secrets, doesn't he, James mm. Parker? I don't think Switch 2 is one of them. Do you not think so? No. I know of two secrets about James Parker. Do you? Are they both games connected? Yes. Why? Okay. Why? 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 What do you know? <laughs> <laughs> we should... Uh, uh, so, James... Uh, yeah, I'll swap you one. Okay. Well, I think you probably know both of them as well. It's, okay. it's, it's what he's making and who he's publishing it with. Uh, Mike Bithell. Oh, there's a good one. No, I don't think he will. You don't think so? Switch 2 doesn't need any triangles, does it? Squares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you think he will have done? 
Bithel, yeah. yeah. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Dan yeah, Marshall? Definitely. No. He's been to no the Taskmaster chance. house where they all played Switch 2 together. Maybe. Uh, Rami Ishmael? No. Jonathan Who Smith? Does them? Jonathan <laughs> Smith? Absolutely. He didn't tell us about it, though, did he? He wouldn't, though. No, he wouldn't. But we went to he Japan wouldn't. with him, but he didn't give, didn't give us any of his oh, wow. secrets. Poker face. Mm. It could be the name of um, the Pearl Word developer's next next game. <laughs> Let's just interrogate all of our guests really hard. We'll find one. Okay. Over the next uh, next few weeks. In a surprising twist, PS4 game sales outpaced Xbox Series XS in Europe last year, despite the latter's newer hardware. The PS4 also saw a staggering 671% increase in hardware sales, thanks to supply issues easing. Meanwhile, Xbox Series XS console sales dipped by nearly 18%. The Xbox Game Pass may have influenced these figures, but the extent is unclear. Overall, game sales in Europe rose by 1.7%, with PC leading the pack. EA Sports FC took the crown as the best-selling game, while PS5 dominated in console sales. So it seems old dogs or consoles can indeed learn new tricks. This success might make one wonder if it will prompt Mark Cerny to create a sequel to Knack 2. However, it's worth noting that such a move could potentially spell the end of the console. The reason being focusing too much on sequels might stifle innovation and lead to a saturation of the market, which could ultimately result in the decline of console popularity. It's blooming Aussie, Charles, isn't it? <laughs> Did you do anything with the... Well, no, you don't have access to that, though. That's the... That's yeah, you, you won't let me. Well, I'd, be, I'd become you, too you'd powerful. do something like that. Yeah, I would yeah. do. <laughs> um, okay, interesting. Um, I'd, something... I'd, I've got no idea what he was saying now. No. Well, he was talking about sales of consoles and percentage figures. Uh, the PS4, uh, sorry, the PS5 leaping up, right? In No, PS4. Was it PS4? So, yeah. So um, according to GSD, the PS4 hardware sales across Europe in 2023 rose 671% year on year following the easing of supply issues that hampered sales in 2022. Did we know there was a PS4 shortage in 2022? No. We didn't. This, and no, this can't be right. But but then separately in the story, they do talk about PS5 sales. So, okay, well, it could be some. It could be a typo. It could be some kind of error there. But also, talking about percentages, uh, you know, increases and and and, and drops. It kind of it needs some context because if something isn't selling anything at the start, then a percentage leap is quite easy to achieve, right? Like a, a staggering one. Um, you really kind of need to know the base number of units that are being yes. sold. Well, the, um, yes, that was a part of this story. The, the interesting bit was it was this was about PlayStation 4 games, mm-hmm. say, uh, which sold more than Xbox Series S and X. Hmm. Okay. So um, the software rather than the hardware. I mean, obviously, some of that's to be expected due to Game Pass and um, the fact that so many Xbox owners will be uh, subscribers to that and therefore are likely, I would say, mm-hmm. to sort of buy fewer games. Um, but, uh, yeah, interesting nonetheless. Rocksteady's co-founders Sefton Hill and Jamie Walker have quietly embarked on a new journey, launching 100 Star Games. 
This London-based studio, discovered by Polygon prior to an official announcement, aspires to be a hub of creativity, housing a team of 100 seasoned professionals and promising newcomers. They are dedicated to crafting immersive gaming experiences and nurturing a diverse, dynamic gaming community. The company has already enlisted several lead developers and director-level former Rocksteady employees. Hill and Walker said their goodbyes to Rocksteady in 2022, leaving Suicide Squad in competent hands and setting sail on this new gaming voyage. One can't help but wonder what Hill and Walker think of the chaotic state of the Suicide Squad guide. It's easy to imagine them sharing a laugh or two about it, perhaps joking about the guide's disarray being a result of their absence. Or maybe they're making light of the situation, suggesting that the guide's messiness is a secret strategy to keep gamers on their toes. Whatever the case, it's clear that their departure has left a significant mark on Rocksteady and its projects. What I might, Suicide I, Squad guide. Yeah, I might have put... Did I type guide in instead of game? Mm. Uh, in his prompts, it sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah, look, I have to take responsibility for Charles's performance this week. Uh, sorry. Well, you can't take responsibility for his Australian. <laughs> God. So on the Great Place to Work website from which mm. this story originates... Um, the, develop, uh, the company says, 100 Star Games is a video game startup based in East London. Our ethos of creating a small team of only 100 industry veterans and emerging <laughs> talents who are committed to crafting cutting-edge gaming experiences that inspire and captivate players worldwide. A small team of only 100 industry veterans. Now, how many industry... Sorry, it says to say industry veterans and emerging talents, but mm. how many industry veterans are there? Are we industry veterans? We're definitely industry veterans. Can we, should we just get our stuff and go then? And I've get in there before people. before, they're, before they, they are full up of 100 people. I've they've, seen people on LinkedIn, mm. your favourite site and mine, mm. uh, referring to themselves after spending... Say, they say 10 years. You spend 10 years yeah, in the cool. industry, you're an industry veteran. Let's go. Let's go. So, yeah, yeah. We just rock up at the door and go, we're here. We're here. Uh, we're we're going to make... Yep. Yeah, we're going to... Yeah, make some games with you. Making games is really hard. Uh, it seems binding yourself to the number 100 of employees is like an extra layer of difficulty that that, that is unnecessary. But but then, it, like, equally, do the math, Steve. If there are 100 mm. industry veterans... Mm-hmm. At a hundred okay. star games, they're all one star each, which is bad, <laughs> isn't it? That's true. It's bad, bad people. Yeah, very, very, very true. Are they making one game then, or are they making lots of them? This is not clear to me. Like no. it said, well, we're making a community of you know maybe they're just bringing people in to knock out some brilliant games. Don't know. Well, I've seen, I mean, how many people does it take to make a game? You'll know this. Is it, is it a hundred? Is it exactly a hundred? It's exactly a hundred, conveniently okay. enough for them. Now, now I understand why they've done it. So, right. no more though, no less. Yeah. Well, it varies, doesn't it? Like, it, it, you know, clearly something like Prince of Persia, or, uh, or that will have taken loads of people. But something like my puzzle game is currently taking four-ish. So, mm, changes. Uh, so, what I'm saying is, they could either get a bit of a game done or twenty-five. After eight years of weekly updates, Harmonix is wrapping up Rock Band 4 DLC content, with the last one dropping on January 25th. Fear not, Rock Band enthusiasts, all your purchased songs will remain playable, and other live services will continue as usual. Since being scooped up by Epic Games, Harmonix has been strumming away at Fortnite Festival, their new free-to-play music game. So don't retire your guitars just yet. 
as support for RB4 instruments is on the horizon. Meanwhile, Fortnite continues to dominate, with console users clocking over 1.6 billion hours in December alone. On a lighter note, let's remember some things in the video games industry that didn't quite make it to the eight-year mark. Remember the Virtual Boy? Nintendo's attempt at VR in the 90s lasted a mere year before it was discontinued. Or how about the Sega Dreamcast? Despite its cult following, it only managed a short lifespan of about two years. And who could forget the infamous E.T. the extraterrestrial game for Atari? It was so bad, it's said to have contributed to the video game industry crash of 1983. Now those are some real game over moments. I wanted to include this because uh, I, I had no idea they'd been doing weekly DLC for eight years, and that is to be absolutely yeah. celebrated. Well like, done. Really, really, congratulations, Harmonix, and all good things come to an end, uh, but that is really some support of a, a really great game as well. So fantastic news, and those people who are still playing it have plenty of content to get through, so... Good. Uh, do you think they'll keep the servers up? For how long do you think they'll keep the servers up for? Yes, I don't know. I mean, you know, with the rock band peripherals being supported in Fortnite Music Festival, whatever it's called, um, you have to assume that the long-term intention is to move people across to that. I think you do with that by keeping that community alive and then sort of saying, here's some new stuff over here. So don't know. But um, however long it is, you know, it will be much longer than, for example, the Foam Stars servers, um, <laughs> which will be going live shortly, uh, and many other uh, games that have launched mm. and disappeared within the blink of an eye. Uh, I think it's you, for eight years. It's, it's have you seen Music Festival uh, yet? I haven't. No, I, I haven't got any. I, I've got rid of all my controllers, haven't I? Well, you don't. You, yeah, you don't need. I used uh, to have loads. To In fact, I don't think you can play it with a controller at the moment. But it's a many. It's much simpler than Rock Band. So I think it's four lanes. Uh, you play it with four keys, and uh, it doesn't. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I I can't imagine seeing that as a replacement for Rock Band Four. Uh, it's it's like a it's almost like a demo version to give you the flavour of that. Okay. Thing. So right. I, I don't imagine that is their move here. Uh, support for those instruments will be an added bonus rather than hey hey guys, we're done with that, move to this. But hopefully they've got another plan because I think they're a brilliant studio uh, and I want them to keep making games. So please do, Harmonics. All right, thanks, Charles. Thanks, Simon. One life left, video game news. With me, Charles Bot 1.1. What was that? Just a little sing. <laughs> I was having a little sing. I, I do that, Steve, throughout the day. I was having a little sing as I was just reading. I was reading the back of a box. <laughs> what box? Do you not sing when you read? I said, well, thanks for asking, actually. What a, what a segue. Um, I went out today. Uh, we, <laughs> went, um, we went to St. Albans, uh, where we haven't been for a long time. Last time I was in St. Albans, I think, was when... Um, I was there for the count after the general election, after I'd stood as a candidate ah, for yeah. my constituency as a publicity stunt and something <laughs> that went horrifically wrong. Um, anyway, we went to St. Albans. Uh, we dropped something off that we'd sold on Facebook. Um, 
that was uh, Ramona's old bed, Stee, just to sort of fill in any blanks that you were filling in yourself there. Mm-hmm. We're not that sort of those sort of people. <laughs> um, uh, we dropped that off. Uh, that was fine. And then we had a little look around the town. And I went into um, the works, which is it's a strange shop. Um, it sells like coloring books, mm. novels you've never heard of. Um, lots of um, like small versions of, of of board games and and sort of licensed tat. Um, and towards well, the back, an art book in the in the works. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. It was in um, dump bins in the works. Anyway, um, they, they are um, sorry. One of our books. Uh, yeah. They are they're flogging off a lot of sort of Christmas stock at the moment, and right at tucked away at the back. I saw um, something aimed at gamers, Steve. Mm-hmm. A little Christmas gift aimed at gamers. Now, we were having lunch, and actually there was a gamer sat opposite me in St. Albans, and um, he had like all the ga- he had a top with just like games on them and stuff mm-hmm. like it. And it's, I, mean, I sort of looked at it and I thought, what other hobbies or pastimes like? You know, see, the people who like music don't have just like listening, like, <laughs> like on their hoodie, do they? Or, or they have this sort of, or like anything to do with games, like um, insomnia mm-hmm. festivals being advertised on Twitter at me at the moment, and mm-hmm. um, their catchphrase is "It's never just a game." And and I, and I sort of read that and I go, like, it almost always is. Mm, it's, it's, it's never just a game. Yeah, it, it is. I'm just I'm just playing a game. Um. Uh, anyway, th- this um was presumably aimed at someone who didn't know what to buy their gamer relative and it's um it's in a box and it is stee it's it's a package of one pair of socks and a hundred a hundred trivia questions oh um done in like a uh sort of switch style packaging that's because, actually really useful because typically I have to buy my socks and trivia questions separately. <laughs> well, exactly. It's a bit annoying. It's a bit exactly. annoying. I mean, you know, when we lament the intrusion of AI, I mm. would imagine that there are some people that are going to be quite relieved they don't have to do these jobs. Imagine mm. if your job was to write the back of this box, Steve, um, <laughs> where somebody, a human, has, has, has written on the back of a box – one pair of socks and a hundred trivia questions has written. Yeah, someone's picked that up, and it, I mean, it's, it's quite obvious what it is. But mm-hmm. you know, you, but you can't say nothing on the back of the box. Do you? So someone has written, "Reach your new high score in style with this game of socks and trivia sets." <laughs> <laughs> and that's um, uh, that's what you were reading that caused you to burst into song <laughs> as we came out of the news. <laughs> the um. <laughs> So the next line, uh, you know, so they're like, okay, cool, great. So we've so we've established it's socks and a trivia set. Mm-hmm. What can we say about the socks? Now, poking through the the uh, the hole in the box, it says "game over" on your socks. Of course it does. Uh, of course it does. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, the, so the next so again, someone wrote this. Um, designed with a retro video game pattern. I will get it out in a second. The socks are machine washable. And comfortable to wear, mm-hmm. making them the perfect co-op gaming companion. <laughs> <laughs> who, who are you playing games with tonight? <laughs> and I'm playing it with my socks. <laughs> like, what earth are you talking about? <laughs> it is the perfect gaming companion, my socks. Um, they then go on to detail. It includes 100 questions on consoles, mm-hmm. characters, 
and all your favourite game, all your favourite gaming mm-hmm. titles. It's time yeah. to prove who really is top of the leaderboard. Set what? set contents: one pair of socks and fifty cards with a hundred questions. <laughs> what are you meant to do with the questions? Well, I'm going to ask them to you. Are they? Okay, I'm going to ask them to oh, you. Is, that, is this your? Is this the feature? Well, this guy's going to quiz you on it. I was going to say, actually, I'm going to give these socks away. It's, mm-hmm. it's not not a feature as such. Um, I won't get them out. Of the so it says game over, and then underneath it says play again. Play again? Question mark. Um, so all of your favourite. If you get five questions right, Steve, I'm going to give you these socks. If we don't, then we can invite. We can do it with guests. Okay. They can win the socks. All right. All right. Let's see them. Let's five see questions. Them. Five questions. Five questions, and it's all on my favourite games. These are all your favourite games. Okay? All my favourite games. Okay. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey all, I'm Dr. Alok Kanoja, but the internet knows me as Dr. K. I spent seven years studying to become a monk and then became a psychiatrist. I want to tell you a little bit about my podcast, Healthy Gamer GG, where we combine my clinical experience of practicing psychiatry and sprinkle in years of experience as a meditation teacher and sort of focus on spirituality. So on the podcast, we're going to approach very common everyday problems from each of these lenses. And what we really do well is blend science and spirituality to create the most accessible solutions for people for their everyday problems. So check us out at Healthy Gamer GG on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple. Okay, question number one. What long-term goal did Pokemon protagonist Ash Ketchum finally achieve in 2022? He wanted to win the World Pokemon Championship title. Pretty sure. So what did he finally achieve? He won the World You are correct, Steve. Question number two. Jacqueline Jacqueline Natla was the Mm -hmm. main antagonist in which iconic 1996 action platformer Jacqueline Natler, the main actress. Oh, in 1996, action platformer. Actually, I, I will. These are quite good questions. Yeah, Jacqueline Natler, action platformer, 1996. So that's. I don't. I don't. Is, is this? Um, is is she who's inside the banjo kazooie suit? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't. No, think you I'd... don't know. We're going to have to stop it there, Steve. We're going to have to stop it there. Your 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 streak ends at one. All right. Well, it's not zero. The socks remain here. Um, full price six pounds. Only two pounds at the moment in the works. Uh, I have to say, just rifling through the questions, I think that yeah, I do think that they're quite good. I would have I would have lent into those a bit more as opposed to implying that you're too lonely uh, that you can only play games with your socks. <laughs> It is time for the letters. Email, messages, and forward BCC. All right, uh, you're listening to One Life Left, uh, and this is our letter section. For our letter section, we require letters, uh, letters sent in by you to this address. Team at onelifeleft.com. We can drop them on the Discord now. At least one of you has done that 
We're about to find out if there's any more. Uh, Simon, are there any in the inbox? Or is it just the one on Discord? Uh, just the one on Discord, it looks like. All right, well, let's do that then. It's in the mailbag channel. Uh, hi, team. And SSG writes Simon S. Here again for you. That's right. You are here for us. And we really, really appreciate that and you. I've been going down a rabbit hole looking at Pal World or Pole World. You called it Pole World earlier, Simon. Is that the official pronunciation? I don't know. No, I don't know. Okay. I'm addicted to looking at things about it and I can't wait for release on the 19th. It looks like the Pokemon game I've always wanted. My question, are there any games in the past you've been obsessed with watching and keeping up with before release have a good week simon as well first you have a good week too <laughs> mm. second What's going on? well i've just nothing's going on i've stopped uh, the letter scheme because you're about to say something important no 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 just because uh, i think sometimes i do that no oh, do you, you notice sometimes i kill the letter scheme. not always sometimes okay. just keep usually when we've got two sense. letters but we don't have them so yeah. <laughs> probably shouldn't have done it this time anyway uh yeah have a good week <laughs> games that you've been uh, anticipating watching videos for uh before release on well the one the, i think the first one for me that i fell victim to uh pre-release hype marketing was the original metal gear solid when right you know we were moving from 2d to 3d couldn't quite believe that one day we were going to be playing that mm. in our houses uh, with the the movie style trailer and the Hollywood style soundtrack, goodness me! I was, um, yeah, I was. I, I did think back at the time. I was like, oh, well, imagine if you died before this came out. Mm. You never got to play it. Now looking back at it, um, you know, it wasn't all that, was it? I mean, it was all that. It was all that. <laughs> it time. Was. It's not all that now. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I was beside myself with excitement. Um, Ocarina of Time. That I mean, that was that was the uh, the last time I ran to buy a video game up and down Oxford Street, trying to find somewhere that had them in stock. Mm. I can't think of an answer. I think that's because I tend to not watch trailers uh, deliberately because I don't want to spoil stuff. If there is one, it's probably a Nintendo game. I was really excited about No Man's Sky. Um, like, and used to watch that trailer a lot, building up to release. Uh, I can't. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it must be a Nintendo one. I guess I, if, if just to sidestep your question, if they did a trailer for F-Zero GX2, I'd watch that all the time, forever. But they're not going to. Sorry. Uh, we don't have any other letters. We need more letters. We say this all uh, every time. Can you please write us some letters? Like, just do it. To team at onelifedeathleft.com. Yeah, thank you. listening to One Life Left on Residence 104.4 FM. Uh, if you're a long-time listener to the show, you'll know we've had a few technical problems over the last few weeks. Well, it seems like Riverside's fix that they have deployed seems to be making the jingles work with one consequence. There is a little delay. A little bit of a delay, which just makes us, think that it's, it makes us think that it's not working, doesn't it? Keeps it's quite exciting. Edge, it? It's really exciting. Thanks for that, Riverside. Um... Yeah, we're a video game radio show. We're also uh, a podcast. You can find that at onelifeleft.com or you can go to hello.onelifeleft.com for show notes and all that kind of thing. Um, But we are a radio show. We go out on Resonance FM. Look, it's very, very important uh, that you know that. And in coming weeks, we'll be talking about the Resonance FM charity drive 
the donation drive. Uh, we do this every year. Um, Resonance is the greatest radio station in the world, but it would not exist without your help. We'll be doing a mariachi gig for Resonance. Resonance's benefit uh, at some point over the next couple of months, and they usually do an auction which you can participate in. Um, get some great stuff, and at the same time, know that you are helping to sustain One Life Left's future, and that's important because we are a heritage piece. We're literally <laughs> the longest running radio show about video games that broadcasts in the English language, and you can't get better than that. You just can't. That's it. We're recording this a little earlier than normal uh, because both of us are at Pocket Gamer Connects tomorrow uh, and mm-hmm. Tuesday. Are you? Um, what are you? What are you up to around there, Steve? Um, I am. I've got a series of meetings. Every single one of them is about a different topic, so that's quite exciting. Uh, and I may. Well, I don't have a ticket yet for the conference. What? Mm. How are you? Oh. But I am technically working for the conference because we're doing Marioki, uh, but we're not being paid for it. So could be an employee, effectively, could be, you know, um, they're under my media guys, could be, you know, an indie developer. Uh, so I don't know. I may, I may, I, I'll probably end up with a pass and I'll probably end up wandering around. So I assume I will see you there. Otherwise, having a series of meetings in and around the area. So I won't get to see any of the talks, unfortunately. Uh, we could be there at the kickoff party right now, Steve, but we're not, mm. are we? We're not. We're here. Um, it says that you can, uh, on the site, it says, remember, you can collect your badge early on the uh, at the venue. Where is it, by the way? Is it, is it, the is it the brewery? Okay. Old Street okay. area. Um, I have turned up to the wrong location for a Pocket Gamer Connects before. Uh, have you? I have, yes. Um, when they moved to the brewery, actually, I went to the old venue. There's a kickoff party right now, which is giving every. It says this: give everyone the chance to warm up their networking skills. Mm-hmm. Useful. That sounds like a fun event, doesn't it? What? So what? At the start of the party, is everybody just stood around the edges, and sort of one person steps in like they do on Mock the Week, and they, and they just go, <laughs> um, "Hello," and mm-hmm. they and then they sort of step back because they're not quite. Not yeah, quite, just the, the cold networking skills. Just limbering up, limbering yes. up. And at, at the end of the night, they're all getting off with each other. <laughs> Your networking, Simon. Your networking skills are insane. Um, yeah, and then the conference starts properly tomorrow. It was a series of talks, roundtables, parties, gatherings, that kind of thing, and lots and lots of networking culminating in the uh, party tomorrow evening, which Marioki will be performing at, whether pocket gamer like it or not uh why aren't they paying are you, are you doing it for you know, exposure we're doing it for exposure uh stay i know well it's it's i'm not in charge of this bit anymore we have a a, a guy a man mike who right. who is the entrepreneur's entrepreneur and he believes that the way to turn marioki into a multi-billion dollar business and fund our future trips to Japan hmm. is by doing this gig for exposure. So we'll see how exposed we get tomorrow night. All fingers crossed it can't stay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a it'll be a good gig, I think. Uh, it's in a really nice place. It's at, uh, at Bounce, the table tennis venue in uh, in Old Street, and um, 
Yes, we've got our own little room off to the side, so I don't think we'll be shut down like we were last time we played Pocket Gamer. No, that was a long time ago, wasn't it? Anyway, who's laughing now? Well, they are because you're, they're getting a mariachi for free. That was nine years ago, and this was is it? their 10th anniversary. Um, so, yeah, apparently there'll be cake, and apparently I get to present it on stage. Well, there we go. Exciting. Exciting times. And then Tuesday, more uh, more conference stuff, more uh, more talks and roundtables and that kind of thing. I am doing more meetings. Uh, and I assume you are too. I'll be there. Um, busy, busy. Yeah, yes, pretty busy as as always. Um, and then I'm actually on a I'm on a panel on the Tuesday. Are you? What's the I panel am, about? Yeah. Uh, it is. Uh, where is it? Here we go. Uh, between. Uh, twenty to f- twenty to five and twenty past five. It's the glamour slot. Mm-hmm. Um, the panel subject is: Is establishing a new IP more difficult than ever? It's in the um, the big screen gaming. Uh, what do they call them? Uh, track. Conference track. There you go. Yes. Um, after a troublesome year for new games, we explore what can be done to de-risk publishing, improve cutthroat. No, that means cut through and mm-hmm. achieve commercial success. Uh, me, uh, Stu Dinsey from Curve, is the ch- he's hosting it. There's me, there's uh, Juliet from 505, and there's Guy Richards from Xbox. Mm. Uh, we're going de- to be de-risking publishing. Good, I will bring a notepad. It seems from my casual browsing of conference schedules that more and more um, talks are geared towards oh my God, there are 15,000 games coming out on Steam. How on earth can we make our games stand out? Um, And my uh, feeling about these is, surely if someone is talking about that methodology at a conference, uh, then it's already too late to use that technique to make your game stand out. Like the only way of making your game really stand out is by finding some pathway that gets you attention that someone else hasn't used, because otherwise you're not going to stand out. No, you just put guns in it. <laughs> of course. That's Take the another big IP and put guns in it. Right, perfect. But it's, um, yes, it's, uh, it, is, it is a tricky time as we're seeing, you know, there have been, there's been more bad news uh, this week uh, from more companies. And yeah, I think a lot, of pe- a lot of people are worried about what do they do? You know, how, how do they do it? And, um, you know, I don't have the answer, so let's hope the other two do. Mm. Uh, right, uh, we are approaching the end of the show. Got another ten minutes, which means it's about time for the reviews. Simon, I know what you've been playing this week. Let me tell you about it, Steve. Um, mm. There was a time many years ago when uh, David McCarthy came to my house, uh, and he was in a relationship with a lady who had a very young child two, three years old, I think, sort of toddler, um, was capable of standing and making sounds and wasn't capable of conversations. Mm-hmm. And the toddler was a, was a, was a, was a, <laughs> you know how that joke goes. Um, uh, and it was in the, I, I can, I can approximately date this because underneath my CRT TV mm-hmm. was a GameCube and, um, 
David bought this, uh, his partner up and her child, and uh, I turned on on the GameCube F-Zero. It was the first time that that child had ever seen a video game. And um, what he did when he saw the video game with the with the graphics and heard the sounds and it was all sorts of... It's, he, he went, ah! And he, st- <laughs> he sort of stamped. He stamped up and down. He went, oh, it, ah! It sort of made him do that. Mm. And um, I've often wondered... I've, I've often thought, thought about that and felt a little jealousy that I've never have had that about a video game but prince of persia prince of persia is a video game steve mm. it's video game like they used to make okay. i've been thinking about it a lot it's it's hard mm-hmm. um it's pretty mm-hmm. it's challenging um it's but it's you know most importantly it's a game that is you know using your reactions um you know i'm not very good at these games in inverted commas and i generally dislike them but i am up until yesterday having a right old time with it don't understand what's happening um but it involves um you know some treachery some apparent treachery um and uh it's presented in this sort of 2.5d style which i think looks great a lot of people say a lot of people on the internet don't like it but i I think it looks great um and it's yeah it's an action platformer metroidvania um which uh is just yeah it's just generally generally really lovely to play it's got an upgrade part of it it's got secrets it's got collectibles it's got bosses who aren't too annoying um it's you know like most metroidvanias it gives you a big map to un uncover bit by bit opening up new areas and then you get sort of fast traversal between the two it has checkpoints which you know generally aren't annoying a couple of them are a little bit but then equally on a boss fight you know some games will make you go back hollow knight's one for this yeah. where it makes you go back you fail the boss fight you've got to then go back three screens to get to the boss again mm-hmm. and by yeah. which point you've lost some health this one and just, you just, stop playing which yes. is exactly what happened with me um this one just starts you back at the boss again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Just try again. Let's try again. Um, it has this this sort of clever in-game screen capture where you can leave these little markers for yourself if you're like, oh, okay, there's something there which I can't access at the moment. I must come back and investigate. So, yeah, really enjoying it. Apart from this day of lost progression where mm. so I haven't been playing for a whole day. I've been out buying gamer socks. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's a sort of couple of hours that I've had since yesterday evening. I've made, made no progress but yeah I, I really do need to know where the boss is in the forest Steve and I can't find it somebody can point me to a guide that isn't about any of the, th- the things that, the secret things you can find or just has a picture of the map not where the new power is I can I know where that is but where is that how do I get into the tree Steve how do I get into the tree I can't help you but I really want to play this game now except for your men- I was totally in and then you mentioned bosses but if they're easy maybe I'm okay with it um, and I do I, yeah I really want that feeling I've been looking for a game to play recently I can't find anything that catches my eye and so I'm sort of in except for I've got too many other things to do at the moment but mm, maybe it's I'll be good. able to help you. it's a video game it's a video game that you know is like they used to make but looks mm. like the games they make now it's great alright uh, last week I mentioned a game uh, about bunnies a soccer bun style game called uh, that I couldn't remember the name of and I couldn't get at because we were uh, trying to run a, 
stripped down version of my de desktop to, for technical reasons. Anyway, it was called Akaret Down the Bun Burrows. Uh, and it's quite nice. It's quite nice. If you like those kind of weird soccer man push things away, in this case, chase a bunny down a hole or chase a bunny and capture it. Uh, things you may like that you may enjoy that i also played this week can of wormholes which is similarly structured um it has a conceit that i absolutely don't understand you play a tin can that rolls around and is throwing portals around and then occasionally well no the meat of the game uh as you move around the hub environment you trigger these little puzzles where you push a worm around to try and fill in holes in the ground similar sort of structure uh, to Pacaret. Uh, I prefer Pacaret, I think. Um, I don't really enjoy the puzzle mechanic in the wormhole game quite as much, I'm afraid. Both 7 out of 10s, though. And just before uh, the show this afternoon, I played a couple of games, uh, both by the same developer, a guy called John Szymanski. Szymanski, I think. John Szymanski. Uh, he seems to be an independent developer who makes, or according to his bio, just makes the games he wants to make. Uh, the two games are quite different. One of them is a horror game, came out, I think, this week. It's called Exiled. Very, very, very simple, very short form. I completed it in about 29 minutes. About 29 minutes. Steam is telling me I completed it in. Uh, there is a desk and a book, uh, and you open the book, and you know, your wife's gone missing. It's a Cthulhu oriented universe. Uh, I you read the book some of it's in a weird language you translate the language you find out what to do you get to the ending of the game it was nice nice thing to pass the time for half an hour not super sophisticated then I played Kyle is Famous which is a narrative game about you being a chat show host uh, you choose some very very simple you just choose some options at the start which room are you going to go to you're going to open the fridge what are you going to take from the fridge you're going to sit at your desk you're going to do some interview prep you're going to go to the studio interview this person and something happens game over there are 117 different endings that all come about by choosing different options on your way to the studio and the idea is to unlock them all it's quite really quite pleasantly written quite funny a little bit funny uh, very very slick interface allows you to make your own if you'd like and you don't want to use something like Twine uh, enjoyed it 7 out of 10 those are the games that I've played apart from my own Simon which I've been playing a lot we released a new version of the puzzle game on Friday um and there's a big new version with new levels coming next Friday and it's really good and it's causing me anxiety Simon is it when's when when's it coming out then I don't know I don't know like theoretically a couple of months away depends on what happens in the sort of business conversations over the next few weeks uh which are getting quite serious at the moment it's really nice yeah serious business are you wearing a yeah. suit i'm not i'm okay. Maybe ideally handing them over to proper people who do wear suits and understand okay, what we're talking about but it will get finished um and it will get finished relatively soon um and i'm excited about it really excited about it and super super nervous so more news to come around that in the coming weeks on one life left or at least the coming months Looking forward to it. Mm. Well, Are you going to come to the party tomorrow night? Uh, I should be around. Yes, should be there, hopefully. It's it's mm. a little late for me. I mean, given that I have to get home, I might come for one. Come for one. Okay. Mm. 
Good. Uh, any other business? Because we've got a little bit. Uh, got about 30 seconds of time, I think, because I'm going to have to crop out that bit that went wrong. Are you? Well, yeah. It's a bit late for standards, isn't it? 17 years <laughs> in? <laughs> Maybe. I can't believe it's been 17 years. That kid you mentioned. Um, yeah. The, yeah. The one who saw F-Zero. He's in probably got. <laughs> I was going to say he's got his own YouTube channel. <laughs> got his own radio show. Um, yeah, who knows. All right, let's shut it down then. Not the thanks show. For... I mean, this episode. <laughs> thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we are One Life Left. Resonance is amazing. We'll see you next week. Until then, goodbye. Bye. Bye.